0: WV stands for the great state of West Virginia, and every quarter we cover something in West Virginia. Stacy and myself, JR, are your hosts, so please come along for this venture to Uncommon Place. Welcome to West Virginia Uncommon Today I have with me someone special. This lady is world-renowned. And what she does, she has the perfect name for what she does. Her name is Maris Gibhart, and I'm going to pass it along to Maris real fast. Please tell everyone about yourself and why you're here today.
1: Oh, JR, I am so grateful to be here. Thank you for your time and attention and your warm introduction. I really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, my name is Maris Gebhardt. I'm the founder of Opulent Mindfulness. And we do corporate meditation. So in the last year, in fact, we're coming upon our one-year mark, uh, we've been working on the platform for doing a virtual meditation studio. So we've been holding live group sessions every week where companies avail the calendar schedule to all of their employees, those who are my clients, and then they can pick and choose whichever of the 10 live group sessions we do each week. So it's been very exciting to have people come and give me their instant feedback about how good they feel immediately from the session, a chance to regroup, let their head, their heart, and their body all catch up to each other and just pause and spend a moment um, in in stillness and silence. And of course we know, with meditation that the actual practice of meditation is not the comfortable blissed out peaceful um, empty mind time absolutely just the opposite when we quiet down our body and uh, discontinue any additional onboarding of stimuli then that's when our mind starts to get very active and start to race and all the thoughts of of the 60 or 80,000 thoughts we have a day start to gurgle up in the surface. And that's why when we go to bed and people say, oh, my head hits the pillow and that's when my mind starts to race. Well, of course, because we've quieted everything else down and the mind wants a job and so it races. Um, which is why the meditation in the morning and in the afternoon are super beneficial, because this will help to downregulate the nervous system so that when we go to sleep, we're doing that only and that is sleeping. So I'm a huge proponent of, of healthy, good sleep. Um, so meditation is absolutely a uh, an ingredient for having uh, a good healthy sleep. But you asked me a bit about my story. So, yeah, I was the eldest of five kids. My dad was a doctor. My mom was a Montessori teacher. My stepmom, a dietitian. And we always uh, had a deliberate, intentional time playing outside, going to the cabin. The family that prays together stays together. And it kind of got changed later to the family that plays together stays together. And so these were always initiatives in my family, sleep in your own bed, eat a healthy meal around the table at night, um, and stress is going to be our biggest killer. My dad said that. And so I think that planted a seed at a very young age about managing stress and at least if not um, becoming aware of stressors. Now we have eustress, E-U stress, which is a positive stressor, and we have distress, which is a negative stressor. And so we need Uh, stress in our lives to get us out of bed, to get us out of the way of an oncoming truck, to get us fired up, to, you know, promote our issues and our mission. Uh, And so, yeah, I could talk all day about (laughs) meditation (laughs) and stress. And I'm just really grateful to have um, landed in the family that I did so that um, it would be a nice framework for me to grow and learn and and finally arrive at discovering my calling. Um, I have a really, I guess, Relationship with anxiety. Uh, I've chosen the wrong guys time after time. And so this is going to be a great opportunity to light the fire of that anxiety. And in the end, I said, no, nope, no, nope, not interested. Um, I need to work on my anxiety. I found meditation to be my safe space. I started to slough off these kind of negative relationships and start to blossom and grow and put more energy into the inner health of myself, mental well health. Feeling peace in my heart, and so that's been a a lifelong journey, and it's been an amazing trip, and I can't wait to share that with people.
0: Okay, now with meditation, it's a higher level of thinking, and it's a higher level of comprehension. Correct comprehension. Uh, That's one thing that some people, when when they want to get into this uh, type of thing, it's more than just ability. It's it's not. It's more than that. It's it's your lifestyle. It's like who you are. It's a form of who you are. So, what time and what day did you decide that, hey, I need to get to a higher level of thank you Because I'll give you an example with me when yeah. um when, when um I moved from my normal type of work into the corporate world of working for a big box uh, company in the United States. Um, I had to figure ways to uh, inhale and exhale that were not like I did at a younger stage and you know, the things that certain things that you do when you're younger, you can't do when you get into your middle ages and things like that. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I had to even come to a point where like, I'm dealing with a lot of people and we have to be collaborative on a lot of things. It's not just me turning the wheels. So when did you get to the point where you decided that, Hey, I have to get to a higher level of um, thinking, And I, I had to just get to the point where I need to meditate. I need to do things that relieve stress and handle the stress.
1: Yeah, yeah. Love the question, JR. And especially the one that asks, you know, who am I and how do I get to become who I am more? And through most lineages of meditation that I've discovered in my studies and practice and traveling around the world and interfacing with lots of different people from many different walks of life, um, to discover the central question of meditation is who am I? Who am I? Who am I? I'm not my bank account. I'm not my birth order. I'm not my race, color, creed. Um, family birth order, where I was born, but who am I on a greater consciousness? But the actual moment that it hit me, if you don't mind, I'll get a little personal here. Oh, go ahead. Um, I was in a really intensively uh, anxiety inducing relationship. And I remember being in bed one night and I was just clawing at the sheets. Like when is everything going to be okay? So before I got to this purposeful higher thinking that you're discussing, you know, when did I have that moment of Eureka, like ah, I need to have a higher thinking um, life path. I first had to find safety and healing. And so I could have gone to medication, which I tried, anti-anxiety or depression medication. Um, I could have gone many different routes. It's very natural and normal for the human being to reach outside of ourselves, to find something to soothe us on the inside. And we see it all the time with addiction and, and different um, addictive tendencies. And so I said, I'm not gonna medicate, I will meditate. And you can't overdose on meditation, turns out. So um, I just leaned into the meditation. Now I was only doing maybe five or six minutes a day, maybe every other day, maybe I'd skip a few days. But I'd sit there until I had this natural smile emerge on my face and smile from within my soul. And then I would feel that, okay, everything's going to be okay, safe space, and then I just kind of kept stretching out those moments. And before you knew it, I was linking those moments together. And after 20 years of selling software, um, I was teaching, I had been teaching yoga also on the side for about 20 years. And I had this crescendo moment, epic moment of realization when I was watching 60 Minutes and Anderson Cooper was doing his spot on John Kabat-Zinn, who's the founder of mindfulness-based stress reduction here in the West. He brought meditation and mindfulness to the West. And 30 years, he's plugging nodes into people on and measuring their uh, physiological responses to stress, their brain activity with stress and with you know reduced stress. And um, I saw him on this 60-minute spot, and I'm like, ah, that's what I need to do. Not sell software and not teach yoga, but take this technology of the brain into the corporate space. And from that moment, my future was birthed and I just have been following that track
0: ever since. Okay, and for the audience, corporate meditation, that is what you do. That is what I do. Can you explain to the audience? Because people are going to understand these terms, but they're not going to get into the detail of why someone in a corporate setting needs meditation in, in the circle a little background i know that people need that type of stuff because when we have uh deadlines we have uh certain quarrels and we'll just say it like this when we have politics inside our office you've got to find a way to de-escalate things without escalating stuff mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. it all starts from within baby <laughs> <laughs> Because what we also learn, and I've also been to a bit of um, Al-Anon and stuff. So we learned the serenity prayer and that is, I don't know if I'll butcher it or not, but um, basically understanding the things we can control and those that we can't control and finding the wisdom to know the difference. And so we can only master ourselves and we know that the world will forever be throwing us stress. And so we find a relationship with the stress. How do I manage it? How do I let it slide off of me? How do I not identify with it? How do I not let it drag me down? How do I um, not take things personally? So A, number one, that. Uh, But corporate meditation, Uh, I talked to a client today, we're in a session and she goes, I was trying to have my colleague join us, but he thinks like, you're going to hypnotize me and you're going to make me do things I don't want to do. And mm, not that. I think the best way to describe what corporate meditation is, is describe what it is not. It is not religious. It is tapping into the human condition. Um, My approach has a lot of psychology, a lot of positivity infusion. My aim is to really optimize this brain between our ears and to make it our best life possible on this planet at this time. So connecting to a higher collective consciousness so that we are channeling wisdom into our system and into our being. And so we can act out what wisdom is guiding us to do, putting ourselves in the right place at the right time. It informs decisions, it informs direction, it informs um, activities. So yeah, um, and we know, I continue to read studies and articles and, scientific research papers that indicate that when a company cares more about their employees, the employee in turn cares more about their company, their work, their colleagues, their relationships. And this comes into the whole human being and they take that home with them. And so, um, and then they bring that into work. So it's a very upward cyclical um, energetic spiral. And so uh, I know that it's powerful. I used to lead with ROI and why it's important because your people will be more productive. You'll have fewer sick times, less burnout. And of course, with all that elevates um, the Revenue in and the less bottom line, greater bottom line, less out. And so I used to lead with that until a very high-end global company HR director told me that, nope, we just do it because it's the right thing to do.
0: Okay. Now, um, it sounds like that's like a lot of personal things that you have to take in. So you have to take in people's raw emotion, how they're feeling. It's kind of like you have to be them. So I'm going to flip this around because uh, there's a famous news magazine that I pay homage to in every episode uh, called 2020 uh barbara walters john stossel um diane sawyer so we're mm-hmm. gonna going so we'll get some tight questions because you just you 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 spun my mind around something how do you take care of yourself with dealing with all this because this is a lot of mental not anguish but it's a lot of mental ability that you have to function it's a lot of computation that you have to do inside your mind so when you handle all these and, and the reason i ask this is because um, when people deal with you and when the, people hear podcasts, it makes you more personable to them. So that they're like, hey, this lady has a way to handle things. So I can come to this lady. I can come to her group, her, her whole company, and I can feel safe here. So that's the only reason I ask this. So how do you take care of yourself when you deal with all this stuff? With, with well, that's a months.
1: great question. You know, you think about this with therapists, like they have people dumping their emotions on them all day long. How do they handle it and flush it out and that, but as you pose the question to me, I feel more a sense of gratitude that I'm uh, considered as a trusted source for people to come and be honest and raw and share and open. And, you know, by the way, in a group setting, it's not required that you share anything. <laughs> you very much can just take the guidance, take the practice, sit in silence, do your thing, and and choose to participate with the, um, any uh, dialogue if we offer that up. Usually it's just me guiding and we'll have a little bit of time for anyone comments, questions. But um, So I appreciate that. And so I have a really good framework in my life for self-care. Um, I awaken, I meditate, I do some movement. I always flush with some um, water with lemon or apple cider vinegar, some warm water, and then brush the ama, the toxins off my tongue, Um, I believe in getting fresh air and nice light into the eyes. Um, When showering, I like to do some scrubbing with either dry or wet brush on the skin um, to stimulate circulation. And at night, I journal and read. And I don't spend a lot of time on the social media. I definitely don't post. I'm not taking a bunch of selfies. Um, I try not to listen to too much news. I like the BBC in the morning when I'm just kind of getting ready. Um, And then diet plays a massive role for me. So uh, I love to eat whole real foods, um, home cooked predominantly, um, not a lot of preservatives or processing. um, And I just aim to kind of do 85-90% of this. And then so every once in a while, like Valentine's Day, I went out with a couple of girlfriends, we just visited, sipped a little bourbon, you know, just a tiny little bit, it was nice and warm, and then that was enough and let it go. And so not a big drinker, uh, love movement, love journaling, love meditation, love traveling, eating, um, conscious of this. And, and really much like um, when I started to meditate, it was just a small amount and then it kind of stretched out into more of my life. Same thing goes with what we put in our brains uh, is so, so, so important. So who we put ourselves around, what we're consuming into our brains, um, very critical, especially in those tender early morning moments and the closing minutes of the day. Uh, I like to be especially mindful of this because it can absolutely elevate our energy, drain our energy, activate certain emotions that might trigger us too much to have some modulation um, to give us a nice rest or a nice approach to the day. Um, And I feel like there's one more thing I wanted to mention. Um, Just, you know, food is mood and, and who we put ourselves around really matters
0: okay so vibes and different things like that do yeah. play play a part in what goes on with you and i greatly appreciate you doing that because that right there usually is the gem inside these episodes because when people get that that just opens a door up to people wanting to know more and to learn more because they're like i actually feel like i'm here with that person um <laughs> so moving along yeah we, we head over to your website the first thing that's on your website explain what's going on on your website. And also guys, this is the shameless plug and ladies and everyone else. Um, this is the quick shameless plug that she can plug in here real quick for us. Can you tell us how to get to your website?
1: Yeah, the website is opulentmindfulness.com. And uh, my email is Maris M like Mary E R I S like Sam at opulentmindfulness.com. And uh, we have a, a small and mighty team. I have a beautiful young woman working for me um, from Pakistan and a couple interns from my alma mater, university of Portland. And so, uh, yeah, we get a lot done with, uh, intense, potent effort and really mission driven. So I appreciate that question.
0: Okay. Now over on this website, you'll find some things. You find the corporate meditation plans and not to go into deep detail because I want people to to navigate over there to the site, see everything that you have going on over there. Um, what could a prospective company like like how do they approach you about like hey we have chaos in the office? Yeah. <laughs> how, how does how does one um come to you like that? Because it, it takes a lot of fortitude to do that because that's admitting that something's going wrong somewhere.
1: Good point. Good point. So we like to think about it as being proactive and celebrating the human being and honoring all that they've gone through in this last two years for being malleable to adjust working from home and all the multiple demands. I mean, I cannot seriously imagine being a parent right now and working and teaching your child from home all day, every day. So kudos to those parents out there who are working and managing the household and everything at this time. So um, kids are, you know, a moving part that we have really no... uh, vision on what they're gonna do next. So it's a lot of things that are out of our control as much as we can master our own selves. There's only so much we can do, but... um, So the corporate plans are as follows. I have different size packages for different corporate sizes. And they're all a monthly unlimited subscription. So when your company subscribes, every single one of your employees is welcome to join any of our 10 live group sessions a week. They're 25 minutes. You'll be in sessions with other companies. Um, I do offer a premium tier if you want to have a dedicated session once a week to your company only. So I always like to offer that. And then I do offer individual subscriptions too um, if someone's just interested in joining the platform.
0: Okay, and then also you move over to the next column. You have teacher training, meditation teacher training.
1: that's, yeah. exci- that's
0: exciting. So, uh, could you talk a little bit about that, or just elaborate a little on it without going? Yeah, too that's big. a bit
1: <laughs> new for us. New for us because everywhere I go and I teach, they're like, "Oh my gosh, I really want to learn from you." Um, what do you have for that? And I'm like, "Well, you know, I don't really do a teacher training. I just kind of taught myself, and all those years in yoga and massive numbers of retreats and trainings and practices and." amazing teachers I've had in my past. Um, but the teacher training is relatively new. Um, I think it's actually on hold for a little while. I have a partner who's um, a mother of three and husband and daughter to her mother, who she takes care of and it's ski season. So it's on hold. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but we do do a 13 week uh, lifestyle consulting. And so this is really where I love uh, to shine with my clients and their one-on-one sessions each week, same time, same day, for a whole hour dedicated to you for 13 weeks, and we hit on all the seven pillars, I think, to have the optimal lifestyle. So we talk about the frameworks for the day. We talk about a lot of Ayurvedic practices, the ancient Indian medicine or the science of life and we integrate a lot of content about food and how to really get into the rhythm of your own self and energy and soul so that you can expand, expand, expand and go down that track to make sure you're getting the most out of this life and giving what you were designed and put here to do.
0: Okay. Now, um, one thing that I found interesting and we talked about it in our pre-call because everybody knows we do little pre-calls. Beforehand, mm-hmm. uh Sava. Did I pronounce that correctly? Seva Seva, Seva. 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 Yes. Please tell the audience about this because if you read about it, it's like, wow, it just kind of like just stops you. So please tell the audience yeah. about that and let them just give them, uh, just let them know that this is one of the things that they should do also. With yes.
1: You. Okay. So in a word, Seva means give back or service. It's a Sanskrit term. And my particular seva on the website is uh, in partnership with this most beautiful woman, a friend of mine named Indrani. And her website, if you are at all artistically inclined or just simply uh, love to look at beautiful things, take a look at Indrani, I-N-D-R-A-N-I.com. She is a photographer and currently serving as a professor at Princeton and she does, um, videos. And I think she's actually done a full movie recently called Manhattan. So like Manhattan without the N Manhattan and won awards for this. And she's just an incredibly fierce force. So she has a foundation in India to help, um, school the children. And you can look on the website and learn more about, um, the foundation, but, um, it's just a beautiful boot. It's called the C school, S E E school. Um, i believe is the url so yeah check out indrani check out the c school and this is where we give back so if anyone clicks that button on the website they'll be directed to donate to the school Um, there are so many ways to give back uh, and seva and so that's the one we particularly are focused on right now we also are partners of one percent for the planet and one of my clients hydroflask uh, well they are the parent company is helen of troy And so they have OXO, Hydroflask, new company Osprey under them, um, Revlon, Pure. So they also are 1% for the planet. And so we're trying to figure out how I can guide meditation at the 1% for the planet um, summit uh, coming this year. So,
0: Okay. Now, the amazing thing about 2022 is that we're not... We're never going to be over COVID, but we're, this is the first year I feel, and I don't know how you feel about this. I would like your opinion on this. That mm-hmm. we're, we're kind of getting a new start. I'll say the first quarter, we kind of got to throw away, but the second and third quarter of this year, like, it looks like we have a lot of promise and everything. So mm-hmm. what does the future hold for you in the second and third quarter of this year? Because first quarter is almost done. Well, it's not almost, but it's close enough. But, yeah. you, you know, the second and third quarter, you know, uh, things are being lifted, restrictions. Yep. Uh, more travel abroad, um, in certain places. Um, uh-huh. what, what's your thought and and what are, what holds what it's in the future for your business and yourself, um, with everything opening back up. Yeah. Thank
1: you, JR. So I'm so glad you planted those seeds to help, um, sprout manifesting for me even greater because we close out our first year of this online platform. We've been doing the meditation, corporate meditation for I think six years, five or six, I would get mixed up 20, um, January 2017, so I guess, yeah, five years. And March 31st marks the end of one year for these the digital platform that we've been running. And so my goal is to add 10 more companies to the platform, corporate um, subscribers. And so that would be really exciting. Um, we've partnered with a big insurance company recently, so they're offering this to all of their insured um, plans. And so that's a big goal for the year. And then personally, I'm waiting on... Uh, the Italian consulate in San Francisco to return to me my passport so that I can get back over to Italy. I was there in the fall, fell in love with it. And I'd like to spend a little bit more time there. I like the vitality um, and the food, of course, and the light and the energy and the outside nature of part of the region I found um, in Umbria and Italy. And so, yeah, that's on my to-do list. I'm also featuring and hosting a movement plus meditation retreat in Ooh. Umbria, Italy in October. So it's only open to 10 or 12 people. And we've got a few slots filled and a few slots left. So it's a whole week with all of your food and accommodations and everything taken care of, transport um, in Umbria, Italy. So yeah, email me to ask more details about that.
0: Okay. Now tie into my 2020 questions because we get deep with these. This one, la. this one, this one is a deep one for you. Now, okay. Um you're you're Your structure, and you have your corporate clients and all that other stuff going on there. Is there a way for someone that has done the corporate structure with you to individually get involved with you on a meditation level?
1: Yeah, so they can join the platform as an individual subscriber, or we can take it further uh, with the teacher training, or we can do the one on one consulting. Um, if ever uh, we're having a live session and only one person attends the session, then we absolutely are touching on all kinds of things like when you were born, what's the latest recent article you've heard or a podcast on uric acid and how, you know, everything about lifestyle and health. And um, I love a certain podcast featured, um, hosted by Daru Proit, D-H-R-U Heroit, P U R O H I T. And he's partners with Dr. Mark Hyman, who is a preeminent functional medicine doctor um, here in the US from Cleveland Clinic. But yeah, his podcast is called The Broken Brain. And I'm forever learning incredible things from him with his um, high level, you know, slew of uh, guests. So um, it's brilliant content. I'm always learning that. I like to do an after late afternoon walk podcast hour. So, yeah, that would be a great way to connect and continue learning and accelerating and excelling in our lives.
0: Okay. Now, one thing that I need from you, because uh, audience, we, we've heard great amount of information from you, is your perspective on one thing. Mm-hmm. And this word is major in all facets of life. And the word is success. Mm-hmm. Please define to me success, but put parameters around it. And the reason I ask that is because Some people, I have a very simple way of success. Success is something that I didn't attain yesterday and that's my success. So everything I do different or something that I attain every day that's different from what I did the day before, right? that's that's success to me. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: it's very bland and plain, but it's got set perimeters around it. It says, Hey, it's gotta be something new.
1: (laughs) Something new from different from yesterday. And that means you've been successful. Good job. Um, define success, it changes, but it stays the same. I'd say it's tied into my mission statement, which is continue to learn, continue to love, leave them learned and loved. So if I can help someone find their center, find a a, a likeness within themselves to self-love, remove self-doubt, perpetuate forward progression, um, I guess in a word service and helping people, um, University of Portland, one of our biggest tenets is service and give back. So I think that's been ingrained in me for a lot of years, my whole life. And, uh, if I can really genuinely help somebody, I will feel successful.
0: Okay. And I'll, I'll really do like that. So to break down everything that you've told us today, and this is for the audience, and this is just a quick testimony, you're evolving and revolving. You've taken a certain efficiency and you've carried it to a proficiency in how you help people navigate through the corporate structure, personal structure, and any structure that they have going on in life. So I want to give you a thank you to to you for doing that and for continuing to do that because it thank takes you. a lot. It takes a lot out of a person to do stuff like that, and uh, we don't always give you your flowers and you don't always get the acknowledgement. You said that <laughs> you, you you can get your gratification, which I, I greatly appreciate that because some people can do a job and can be what we call a mind servant to to people and never fully fulfill who they are or what they feel like they should be inside and I want to thank you for that also.
1: So, well and thank you for highlighting that. That's a big job too to bring attention to those people who are doing things and not always getting the flowers like you say. so kudos to you as well. thank you.
0: Are right, you're welcome on that one now. Here's the hot seat question. Uh and this, and this is the Barbara Walters question. Okay. <laughs> well, because in life, this is what would happen. Uh, Barbara Walters comes along, doesn't matter where you are. It was 10 o'clock. 1040, 1050, she would start doing her portion of the show to end it. And either it sent you to bid questioning things or it sent you to bid enlightened. You learned something and you carried it on to Saturday. Maybe, you know, as adults, we didn't watch cartoons, but we did something with it on Saturday or maybe spoke about it. So, If you were doing a TED Talk today at the University of, let's see, West Coast. I want to go somewhere West Coast. Let's use the University of Washington. Oh, okay. All right, you're at the University of Washington and you're doing a TED Talk. There's a billboard outside. It's a Titantron, so that has got that screen on there. What does that Titantron read about you and about what you're trying to present?
1: First of all, go dogs, (laughs) Washington Huskies.
0: Hi,
1: oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Headliner billboard. Um, come light up your life and forever change your future path.
0: Okay, now it gets deeper because we're, okay. we're role we're role-playing right now. All right. So you're in their auditorium. We know they have a giant auditorium. Yeah. The university. The light shining on you, you've already going to the stage, the microphone's already prepped the way that you want it to be what is the first paragraph that you're going to give the audience? And I'll put a little and I'll put a filler in here so that you can think about that. Okay. Um, A lot of times, like when, when I pose this question to people, people think about their mission statement they think about who they are. And then they always remember the one marketing genius that we all learned in elementary school. And, And you learned this in kindergarten or wherever, you only got 30 seconds to capture the audience. So the first 15 or 20 words are the most profound words that you're going to say.
1: Yes. And a great poet said it, and I won't remember who in a certain instance, but I will recall later that it's not what you said, it's how you made them feel that they will forever remember. So I would instantly guide them into a brief practice of arrival so they could come into their bodies, feel connected with their inner essence drop into a secure sense of who they are a radical acceptance of who they are especially in their most vulnerable place Completely shut out the opinion of others and rise up, stand up, stand tall in your truth and in your being and in your light and absolutely radiate out into this world all that you have to give. It is so rich and vibrant and (sighs) that's it.
0: Okay. Now, this question gets a little bit harder after that. Oh, no, that was a hard one. (laughs) All right. So so here it goes. Still fall in the same scenario. Um, we have different audiences in the, the U.S. We have the West, we have the Midwest, and we have the East. Midwest-wise, you move on to the University of Minnesota. Your TED Talk's already gotten you some volume. You've got people that are that are excited about it. Um, you're entering into the University of Minnesota, go Gophers, and you have to take a moment and remember the success that you got from the first TED Talk. You're never going to be able to recapture that because that's something you'll always be chasing. In the second one, towards the end of that show, what would be the last impression you would want to put on the second audience that heard your first TED talk?
1: That hopefully they will forget about me and hopefully they will have found a new awakening within themselves pursue more of the question we asked earlier. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Without apology, without restraint, um, without constriction or contraction, who am I? Giving permission for them to stand up, expand, shine again, um, go out, speak, do, be moved, not pushed or pulled, be moved from within uh, to make your mark.
0: All right. And that's good. I like that. Now, now, on the East Coast, we're a little tough. So you're over in New Jersey. You're at Princeton. Princeton has a different way they want to do things with you. They give you a topic, and they want you to flourish with this topic. And this topic comes from a man named Charles Swindle. He had a poem called Attitude. The longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than facts. It is more important than the past, than education, than money, than circumstance, than failures, than success, than what other people think, say, or do. It is more Important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, a home. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have that is our attitude. I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. And so it is with you we are in charge of our attitudes. Meditation. You have to break someone's attitude because people come in with egos. So you're yes. at this Princeton uh, review or yes. course, and you've got to push a method to break the ego because people there are highly recommended in all kinds of fields. So what will be your method to to break the break the attitude or uh, cut the stake that tension right. in the room?
1: Right, right. Great question. Um, So yes, uh, I've lived on the East Coast. I've worked with a lot of people from the East Coast and I um, have been heavily immersed in this attitude, as you mentioned, Um, though we don't want to give too many blanket statements, but there is a general um, I mean, people have to fight so hard to get any position on the East Coast just due to simple population um, size alone. And so, yes, there is a lot of kudo that one gives themselves when they've achieved certain things because they've had to overcome so much and doubt themselves and have so many cakes thrown in the face or how they say egg on the face and hurdles and objections and cut you downs and chase and identify and who am I? I'm not good enough. You're better than me. And there's always someone smarter, better, richer, skinnier or whatever they say, Um So the attitude of gratitude is one that I like to lean into a lot. And so it really is humbling. And we do this practice every time we have a session. We open our palms to offer out that which we're able. We receive into our hands that which is intended and designed to come to us. The hands touch and nestle into the heart space where we bow in gratitude. And we pause. So letting that energy sink into our bones. I've been in a lot of rooms where I've definitely felt inferior. 20 years of software sales, there was always someone smarter in the room. Until I discovered this meditation and mindfulness to be my form of expertise, I felt like, wow. For once, I feel like I know a little bit more about the subject than most people. (laughs) Trying to be humble. Um, And so it feels really good to have competency in the field. And so I'll stand on that stage, completely sweating under my armpits, shaking in my shoes, feeling, you know, remnants of those past days where I didn't really know anything and I'm just trying to fit in and, you know, people can trust me. I want people to believe in me and all this eagerness to be accepted and honored. And so, and regarded maybe. And so I'll stand in those shoes, taking a deep breath with a little more certainty, a little more groundedness, and humility, and understand that there's resistance for sure because um, people have been challenged, and so they feel compelled to challenge that which is also coming towards them, and even offered as gift, they'll you'll still challenge it. So it's in our nature to test and challenge, and maybe somewhat berate and belittle because look what I've done to get here, where I am. This is you know in the thoughts of the people in the audience. Um, who are you? And so I will be very humble and vulnerable and offer that space for someone to be resistant and then to soon soften and tap into their own humanness um, and hopefully touch that within themselves a little bit in their own private space.
0: Okay. And with that right there, that was another gem inside this episode. You gave us a full public speaker. You, you've proven the public speaker portion of who you are. <laughs> and and you've got people that will gravitate to you after they hear this so in wrapping things up the question that I always ask at the very end to people um in positions like you are um it's a hard heavy day um all this work that you do um who or who has been in the background that's helped you along the way that you like to give thanks to
1: I would like to give thanks to my best guy friend from college, um, John Bouchio. He lives in Valencia, California. He is a culinary wizard. He is a wine expert sommelier of like the highest rank. He's taken all the tests and he's always been been there to make me laugh until I wet my pants and to really point out, don't worry Maris, you're a great person and uh, you are loved, the world loves you. Okay, gotta go (laughs) buy (laughs) it. Love John Baggio, thank you for all you've done for me and to support me. And of course, all of my family and friends, I can't say enough. And those teachers who have come before me and people who have opened their doors um, to my offering, I'm just eternally grateful because I love doing this work. I can't not do this work. I was put here to do this work. And so I am also humbled to its power and I'm just grateful that anyone would be uh, interested.
0: Okay. Now, I want to thank you for coming on West Virginia and commonplace. One thing that I have to do real fast for the audience. um, The great thing about these podcasts are this. Once me and Maris are done with this episode and I move over to the show notes, you will have every, and any way that you can contact her and get in touch with her company. Um, to any of the bigger companies, even advertisers for my show, if you feel that you need Marissa's support, you can definitely go through the show notes. There will be linkable links. And I said linkable links because sometimes URLs go dead and stuff like that, but we'll make sure that there's uh, enough stuff there that will generate some good SEO for her. And if you all have any questions, get in touch with her. She has a beautiful, brilliant website. Uh, she offers enough information across there to get you to where you want to go. And lastly, Maris, please give us one more shameless plug where they can meet and greet you and get involved.
1: Yeah, sure. I didn't offer my phone number. I'll do that. People are welcome to call or text 503-756-3622. I'm currently on the West Coast, Oregon. And um, email Maris at opulentmindfulness.com. Check out the LinkedIn profile too, Maris Gebhardt. It'll showcase all the companies I work, I've work worked with in the past and some of our um, some of the benefits of
0: meditation all right and on that note this is West Virginia Uncommonplace signing off
1: please follow WV Uncommonplace on Instagram Tumblr Twitter TikTok where we have some great content Facebook LinkedIn hit up the merch store at onecommonplace.square.site join the email list from the website and rate subscribe and give feedback from your favorite podcatcher And lastly, thanks for listening and tune into the next episode.